Welcome back to Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. I'm your host, David Schultz. I host Afternoons on Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP in Mobile, covering the now bowl-bound South Alabama Jaguars, and previously to that, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns doing mornings on 103.7 The Game in Lafayette. Happy Halloween, everybody. We got a great show for you today. We'll recap the weekend in football. We'll look at the standings, and we'll start our preseason basketball preview. A couple weeks ago, went down to the Sunbelt Media Day and got 11 of the 14 head coaches, a couple of the players. We will start tonight with former South Alabama head coach, former Clemson head coach, former Auburn head coach, and now Coastal Carolina head coach, Cliff Ellis. And that will be coming up in the third segment of the show. Let's start the recap with Saturday's ball game. South Alabama all over Arkansas State 31 to 3. South Alabama seemed to be licking their wounds a little bit longer than you would have liked uh, over the Troy loss because it was a Thursday ball game. They were still kind of salty about it come Monday instead of, you know, you play on a Saturday and then you come back less than usually 2 days later and then you may still be salty about it. That's one thing, but they were still salty about it from Thursday. Uh, and they played like it. They defeated Arkansas State 31-3. to The defense was absolutely a dominating. Arkansas State finished with 19, excuse me, minus 19 yards rushing and a total of 158 yards. South Alabama had four sacks. That goes along with their four sacks that they had in Troy. So that's eight. Let me see. Yeah, five, six, seven. That's eight in two ballgames. Uh, defensively, they were uh, fantastic. LaDamian Webb had uh, 162 yards. On 28 carries, he started with a 63-yard run, and then he capped off an 11-play drive with a touchdown. All 11 plays went to Ladanian Webb. Three touchdowns on the day. Uh, South Alabama, really a dominant performance, and it was pouring. I'm not sure I would consider it a monsoon in terms of because there wasn't a whole lot of wind, and when the rain goes sideways, it could be even more brutal. But it was pouring. I'm sure coaches are going to tell you, well, the other team's playing in that too, and that, you know that's not an excuse. That's a reason. You know, if if you're having trouble, whatever you're trying to do, pouring rain is going to prevent some of that. Uh, And it didn't seem to have an effect, certainly not on the South Alabama uh, defense. They do cover. I did pick pick, uh, Arkansas State to cover. uh, But South Alabama with uh, an easy win. South Alabama improves to 6-2, 3-1 in uh, the Sun Belt. Arkansas State drops to 2-7, 1-5 in the Sun Belt. James Blackman had a tough day. For the Red Wolves, 22 of 39 and 179 yards. And again, he was sacked four different times. Georgia State defeats Old Dominion 31-17. Just a few weeks ago, Old Dominion rushed for 323 yards against Coastal Carolina. Georgia State holds the Monarchs to 22 yards on 26 carries. Again, 323 yards against Coastal, 22 yards on 26 carries. And this game was actually tied at 14. And then Georgia State outscored ODU in the second half, 17-3. Uh, to three. Meanwhile, the Panthers ran for 223 yards. Uh, Granger, Craig, and Carroll all had rushing uh, touchdowns for uh, the Panthers. Georgia State improves to 3-5, and 2-2 two and two overall. Georgia State improves to 3-5, and 2-2 two and two in the Sun Belt. ODU drops to three and five, and yet still two and two in the Sun Belt, and they're very much in this. These, 
It's unbelievable how close it is, and we will do the standings in uh, the uh, second segment of uh, the show. Uh, a non-conference ball game, App State over Robert Morris, uh, 42-3. to Surprised it was even that close. Chase Bryce, four touchdown passes. But how about this? 12 different App State receivers had a catch. No one had more than four. App State improves to 5-3 and three and has a huge ball game against Coastal this Thursday night. It's on national TV. It's not on the U. It's not on the Deuce. It is on ESPN. And basically, either Coastal Carolina takes control and I think wins the East with this ball game or certainly moves a big step towards that. Or App State throws a wrench into it. Uh, and we're going to come down uh, to tiebreakers because everyone else is going to have two losses in the division. All right, speaking of Coastal Carolina, they hold on to defeat Marshall 24-13. Odd, odd ball game. Coastal jumped out to a 21-0 lead, but Marshall's defense stiffened. Uh, and then Marshall had the ball still down 24-13, 8-34 remaining in the ball game. They drove to the Coastal 19, and pretty quickly, with 6.07 left to go. And you kick a field goal. That's less than a 40-yard field goal. And you make it a one-score ball game, but they decided to go for it on fourth and three. And Coastal blitzed, and Cam Fancher's throw was incomplete, and basically that was your ball game. Cam Fancher, the redshirt freshman, making just his second career start for Marshall, 19 of 36, 320 yards. One of the reasons it was weird is because Grayson McCall did not have a Grayson McCall kind of game. You know, he's usually, you know, like 18 for... You know, 22 for 250 yards and three touchdowns. He was just 13 to 24 for 121 yards and a touchdown. He did have 11 carries and 38 yards and a score, uh, but was also throwing basically a conniption when one of his offensive linemen got a personal foul and he was not calmed down uh, at all. Jamie Chadwell didn't like the call, but he kept his composure, uh, whereas Grayson McCall uh, was throwing a hissy fit. Uh, Coastal improves to seven and one overall, four and one in the Sun Belt. Marshall drops to four and four, and they may have dropped out of the Eastern Division race uh, again, depending on what happens with Coastal and App State. And I'm sure we will preview that throughout uh, the week. Marshall drops to one and three in the Sun Belt. All right, we'll come back after this. We will look at the standings and where we are. The West is very much up for grabs, uh, and the East depending on what happens with App State and Coastal, uh, could also be up for grabs. You're listening to Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information. With live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there, the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, welcome back to Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Remember, stay tuned for the third segment. We will talk with Cliff Ellis, the head coach of Coastal Carolina. Talks about his days when they were packing the house in downtown Mobile when he was coaching the South Alabama Jaguars, but also how he's doing over there in Myrtle Beach with Coastal uh, Carolina. Speaking of Coastal Carolina, let's check out the 2022 Sunbelt football standings. Coastal leads the way in the division 4-1. and one. James Madison is 3-2. and two. Remember, they are ineligible to win the division. Georgia State is 2-2. Two and two. 
App State is two and two. Georgia Southern is two and two. Old Dominion is two and two. And Marshall's bringing up the rear. They are one and three. All right. So now let's see if we got this straight. Again, App State and Coastal are playing Thursday on ESPN. And its game is in Myrtle Beach. This game is at Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina wins this ballgame. They will be five and one in the conference. And basically it's wrapped up. They do have a tough home game against Southern Miss and at James Madison, which I guess could still throw a wrench in their plans. They also have a Virginia game in there as well, which will obviously uh, be big. Although I would think that App State, James Madison are better than Virginia right about now, right about now. But say lovey. So if Coastal wins, we'll do it the other way because it's much, much more fun the other way. And I like chaos. All right. If App State beats Coastal, that means App State wins the tiebreaker with Coastal Carolina. Remember Old Dominion, they have two losses, but one of their two wins is against Coastal Carolina. They would win a tiebreaker with Coastal Carolina. Georgia State has lost to Coastal and so has a Georgia Southern. So they would lose tiebreakers. Uh, to Coastal Carolina. But, I mean, could you imagine? I mean, here we go. Coastal Carolina would be 4-2. and two. Georgia State, they're at Southern Miss. I'm not sure that's that's a tough game to win if you are the Panthers uh, coming off their uh, big win against ODU. But we'll just say for the sake of this half of the conversation that Georgia State wins. They're 3-2. and two. App State is 3-2. and two. Georgia Southern has South Alabama coming into town. Say they win that ballgame. They are 3-2. and two. And Old Dominion, uh, they get Marshall uh, at home. They could be 3-2. and two. So Coastal Carolina could have a half a game lead over all of these teams with only a couple weeks uh, remaining. So we'll see what happens. Again, if Coastal Carolina wins a ballgame, in some cases, teams are going to need Coastal Carolina to, to lose twice. And considering if they beat App State, they would only have lost once in six tries. Probably not going to happen, but we'll see what happens. And again, Coastal Carolina is hosting this ballgame. National TV, Thursday night, ESPN against App State. Going to the West, Troy finally had their first week off. They went through training camp, August. They went through September, and they went through most of October without a week off. So they needed that badly. They were coming off a huge win against South Alabama, and they are in control of the West. They will head to Louisiana and take on the Raging Cajuns. The Raging Cajuns coming off an ugly loss to a Southern Miss. They did have a chance to make make it a game, and they gave it away numerous times. They actually had the ball down eight, with a couple of minutes left to go, and Ben Wolders throws a pick six. So a 32-24 ball game turns out to be a 39-24 ball game. At one point in time, Southern Miss was winning this ball game, and it was a weird ball game, 29 to five. Is that a score, Agami? Has there ever been a final score 29 to five? That's not what the final score was, but it would have been interesting. I gotta believe that's gotta. Can't imagine that has ever happened before, but maybe it has. Anyway, Southern Miss with a big win over the Cajuns, and everybody in the West are officially Raging Cajun fans this weekend. All right? South Alabama, Cajun fans. Southern Miss, Cajun fans. Both those teams have already lost uh, to Troy, 
But they also only each have one loss. So a second Troy loss, they don't have to worry it coming down to a tiebreaker. Now, eventually, South Alabama and Southern Miss will play, uh, and that game is in a few weeks. Uh, But everyone is rooting for Troy to lose, (laughs) except Troy Drogen fans, against uh, the Cajuns. They don't have. They got a a game against Army, which is not going to have any effect at all on the Sunbelt standings, although (laughs) it should with with uh, Army playing their third Sunbelt foe this year, uh, beating Georgia State, or I'm sorry, losing to Georgia State, but beating uh, ULM. Troy's other ball games, uh, they do have ULM uh, at home and at Arkansas State, but right now, the way those two teams are playing, I'm not sure that either one of them would uh, beat the Troy uh, Trojans. So the Trojans are 4-1 and one in the West, South Alabama and Southern Miss, both 3-1. and one. The Cajuns two and three, Texas State one and three, UL Monroe one and three, Arkansas State bringing up the rear at one and five. Uh, Southern Miss, Southern Miss is hosting Georgia State. Georgia State with a nice win over ODU, but winning on the road is hard, as South Alabama may find out this week. Uh, they have a really tough game against Georgia Southern. Uh, Georgia Southern's been, I'd say, up and down this year, but not really. I mean, we'll go through this game uh, later on in the week, but they lost on the road to UAB by 14. That's the week after they beat Nebraska. No shame in that. The other game they lost to was uh, two other ball games. They lost to Coastal Carolina by four on the road. It took a leaping touchdown uh, for them to lose. And they then they lost to their rival in Atlanta, uh, 41-33. So... They're going to be very tough. Their three losses are all on the road. They've taken Ball State down 34-23 at home. They beat Morgan State 59-7 at home. They beat James Madison, and at the time, James Madison was undefeated and the number one offense in the league and the number one defense in the league, 45-28, and they just went on the road and beat you know a stingy Old Dominion team a couple weeks ago. All right, they did have the week off preparing for South Alabama. We will see. Later in the game, I guess it would have been in the fourth quarter, Carter Bradley, quarterback for the Jags, dove and maybe tweaked something. He was limping on and off the field, and then at the end of the game, clearly limped into the locker room. We will see uh, if it's a tweak or if it's something serious uh, because that would obviously dampen uh, the uh, the Jaguars' chances here moving uh, forward. Okay, Uh, let's take a break. We will be back. We will start our Sunbelt basketball preview. Again, I got 11 out of the 14 head coaches uh, at Sunbelt Media Days. And up first, it'll be head coach Cliff Ellis, head coach of the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Stay tuned. You're listening to Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Dave Schultz back at Sunbelt Media Days, Locked On Sunbelt, your conference every day. We're here with veteran coach Cliff Ellis of the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Did it take you long on how to learn how to pronounce that? Uh, not not very long. You get that one quick. You don't say Chanticleers. It's not a chan- chandelier. It's, a, it's shant. Shant. You get that real quick. You've been doing this a long time. What keeps you going? Uh, the kids loving the game, love to compete. Uh, as long as the health's good, I'll do that, and then I'll go into wheelchair basketball after that, I guess. I don't know. That's what I do. 
You, you've seen the game change from going from uh, the big guy to Bayheim doing the zone to everybody shooting the threes. Um, how long does it take for you know someone like for you to adapt when you see the changes going on? Well, you have to adapt. I mean, in my time, uh, of course, my first Division One job was South Alabama. Back in those days, it was a two-point shot when I first started, and you threw the ball to the big man, and whoever had the best big man had a tremendous advantage. Uh, then came the uh, uh, championship game of the Sun Belt Tournament in 78, and we held the ball in the championship game against New Orleans, and the score was 22-20. to 20. <laughs> And between what Dean Smith was doing at North Carolina and what we did in the championship game, there was a shot clock put in. And so we went to the shot clock, which changed the game. And it would not have changed had that game not happened, in my opinion. That, that Vic Bubis was our commissioner, and perhaps it might have come on later on, but we were, the, we were a main reason that the three-point shot clock came. So the three-point shot came along. That totally changed the game with regards to it. Uh, then we had the uh, – uh, you had the three-point shot and you had the shot clock. Uh, so those things came along at the same time. Then uh, now we're dealing with the uh, transfer portal and NIL. And I guess the best way to look at it is you just have to adapt. I mean, when I started coaching, I guess in jest, it was a big man's game. Now the three-point shot, you don't find much post-play anymore. So... It did, ironically enough, it did take a long time for people to figure out the whole analytics through no th for the three-point shot. That's only been in the last you know, handful of years, maybe two handfuls of years, because we played 20 years with that, and that had really not changed. Right, that's right, but you get... <laughs> that's Steph Curry's fault. That's exactly right. I was going to say that. I mean, it, cha it, it changed it, and now more and more guys, I mean, you give a big guy, you give a seven-footer a ball, the first thing he's wanting to do is shoot a three. Uh, but... Yeah, I think Curry helped change that. I really do. I think that he made people aware that, I mean, three is more than two. <laughs> That's just that simple math. And if you can make 33% of your three-point shots, it's the same as 50% of your two-point shots. So why wouldn't you? Talking to Cliff Ellis, locked on a Sun Belt. Uh, all right, well, wrap up last season, and what are your expectations for this season? Well, we finished in the finals uh, of, of the CIT tournament last year with regards to it, and we were the only team in the Sun Belt to get that far and uh, lost to Fresno State. Uh, at the same point in time, we only have three players returning from that uh, because of graduation, people turning pro, and because of the transfer portal. So uh, uh, we're excited about the players we have back. We've got a lot of new faces, which brings a lot of questions. Uh, but I like the players, I like the talent, but we're three weeks into practice, and I think like everybody else, we're not going to be where we are in February right now, so we just got to be patient. How long? Well, coaches generally are not patient, so how long, how long did it take you to realize when you, when you do have this kind of deal? It, it does take a little bit of time. It takes a month or two to figure out what the strengths and the weaknesses of, of your players and to accentuate them. Well, I think that's where the game has changed. I, I think that every year – with the way the transfer portal and all the stuff that's going on today, I just think you're going to be facing big turnarounds every year. It's going to be, you know, six or seven new players. I mean, I, I really believe that. And so you, if you're not patient, um, then it's not going to work. Uh, it'll, it'll be hard because it'll be too much on your kid. you got to imagine these kids have to grow and they need time.
We're talking with Cliff Ellis, locked on Sunbelt head coach of the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Uh, how do we get uh, Sunbelt to be more than a one-bid basketball league? Well, I think the fact, naturally, you've got to win. I think that uh, I think that adding the four teams in the league is going to help that because these teams uh, bring in some basketball tradition. When you look at Old Dominion, James Madison, uh, and uh, Marshall, they have basketball tradition. They have basketball tradition. And I think Southern Mississippi is a great – I think that's a great asset. There's been some good teams that come out of that program, but I think that addition is going to help. Tell us about uh, your big man that you got here, Issa uh, uh, Mustafa. Yes, uh, comes from Egypt, uh, played high school ball in New York. Uh, he's one of the top 20 rebounders in the country. Uh, he Does he shoot three-pointers, or do you prevent him from doing that? <laughs> he will. He will, but only if the clock's running out. But he doesn't need to be out there. He needs to be where he's, he makes his living. And he's, he's one of the better rebounders in the league. And so how do you um, – yeah, so, I mean, that's a different – you know, there's not a whole lot of size in the Sun Belt. Usually good size is 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, when you get a Sean Long with a Louisiana, he makes a huge difference. And now you got somebody that could absolutely yeah. dominate in the paint. Well, we got a guy that can play down in the paint. And there's going to be other guys. South Alabama, we played against the seven-footer that uh, transferred from uh, Florida Gulf Coast. We played against him last year, actually, in the postseason tournament. He's really good. So, you know, there's – there's still a lot of good men out there, and Esam's one of them. How do you go about using the transfer portal? Well, I think today you're like a general manager. You know, at the end of the season, teams are going to come try to take your best players away. Uh, and at the same point in time, you have to look at lower divisions and who's playing. You look at South Alabama, they took two Division two All-Americans. You know, people come in and take – Take people out of your program is like a general manager. What's on the board? What's taken away? What's added? Uh, it's changed the game. I'm not for it. I don't like it. But you got to deal with it. So you deal with it. All right, a couple more minutes with Cliff Ellis, head coach of the Coastal Carolina. Shot to clear is locked on. Sunbelt, your favorite memory outside of, you know, not breaking 25 in the Sunbelt championship game for the South Alabama Jaguars. Well, with the great memories, well, naturally the first time we went to uh, the NCAA tournament, uh, wow. I mean, that was just a feeling, uh, you know, they threw a parade downtown Mobile. Uh, I think that, but I will say this, even more so than that, when we played, when I was at South Alabama, we played downtown in the Municipal Auditorium, 10,000 people, and when we upset Ohio State and when we upset some of those teams like that and we played, the city went wild. We packed the Mobile Municipal Auditorium with 10,000 people when we played. When we play a UAB game, it would not only be packed with 10,500 people, it was televised in Mobile, televised in Birmingham. And we played UAB and UAB set 17,500 people in the stands. We had 10,500. It was sold out both games. When Alabama and Auburn played during that time, they averaged 8,000 per game, didn't sell it out. Now, so the city caught fire. We played Louisville, who ended up winning a national championship on CBS. It brought notoriety to the program. When we came home and flew into the airport, the airport was packed 
it was packed outside and we had a conference there was thousands of people that came those are great memories i love mobile uh it's always been in my heart will stay in my heart uh your general manager the guy that runs your station ken ken is a great friend uh and i've got great friends that are there special memories i've had uh, 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 two children that were born there. So, wonderful place. Love Mobile. Love the seafood. Love Mardi Gras. Uh, love going over to Dolphin Island. Love going to... Now, all that has changed. Orange Beach and Gulf Shores is not what it was before. Love playing golf there. But the people, the people in Mobile, just special, special, special people. Loved it. One of my favorite places to be. Beth Ellis, Locked On Sunbelt. Thanks so much, and best of luck this year, Coach. All right, tell Ken how I said hello. And all the people, everybody in Mobile, hello, everybody that's still around when I was there. It's been a long time. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening to Locked On Sunbelt. We'll continue with the basketball preview tomorrow. We will talk with the head coach of the Texas State Bobcats, Terrence Johnson. You've been listening to Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day.